to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. A lot of college football to talk about on the show tonight. We're glad you're with us. We'll also talk a little high school, taking a look uh, at the last night's sectional action around the state. Right now, though, he's the star of the show tonight because he's he's got all that information that you desperately need. It's Network Indiana's Brad Huber. Thank you very much, Coach Lovell. Good to be with you on the final Saturday in the month of October. A lot of college football across the state of Indiana, but we'll start in the NBA currently going on in Cleveland, Ohio. The Indiana Pacers leading the Cleveland Cavaliers 101-95. Aaron Neesmith leading the Pacers with 24 points. That is going on in Cleveland. We will keep you updated on that. The Indiana Hoosiers hung around for quite a while with the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are 10th in the country. Three touchdown passes by Brandon. Brandon Soresby, but Penn State pulls away late to win 33-24. Indiana falls to 2-6. Purdue was never really in it. They did get a couple of touchdowns late, but Nebraska wins at home 31-14. Purdue also now 2-6 on the year. And no issues whatsoever for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They roll over the Pittsburgh Panthers 58-7 up in South Bend, and they are now 5-2 on the season, while more college football scores throughout the night. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven, the number two, savelives.org is their website. All right, Brad Huber. Been a long time since we've had you with us. How you doing? I'm doing well, Coach. It's uh, good to be with you. I know I've been busy on Friday nights with IndianaHighSchoolSports.com doing football games. Have thoroughly enjoyed doing those and seeing different games at different venues across central Indiana. We finished with uh, Paragon a few weeks ago, so the season is over there. And then we were on vacation for a week. I know you were just in Florida. Yeah. Uh, down yeah. in Naples, yeah. we were in Orlando for a week, so good uh, to get away for a little bit. We, uh, you know, we, I think everyone knows our our only child, Steph, lives in Naples, and so we we kind of sneaked a trip in. This one, you know, uh, got changed a half a dozen times. My wife, you know, was had some illness, and we were fighting all that, and trying to. So we we managed to get down, and um, weather was perfect. Oh my goodness, couldn't have, couldn't have been. But you know how that is. And I so, do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it. Yeah, it's all all good. Back now, ready to go. I've got a busy basketball season coming up, and obviously we're heading down the home stretch on football. So so it's an extremely fun time to be around and. Um, you know, Pacers getting started, uh, high school football heading into the regional round this weekend, as everybody knows. Um, girls basketball starting up soon. Boys basketball will start practicing soon. College basketball, some NAI schools are already playing. So, yeah, this is a uh, – uh, and for you, the sad thing is there's no racing, but that'll be right around the corner. So it's a, it's a busy, busy time. Um, I heard your uh, your report. Um, IU, I thought, um, did a, 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 a nice job today. Uh, played hard, stayed in it, competitive, which is something you can't necessarily say they've been up to this point. And um, disappointing day for Purdue. I don't know how else you say it. Uh, and, and Notre Dame, I think, after the big win over Southern Cows, they may be finding their way right now. Yeah, I agree. You know, Indiana certainly 
stayed in the football game today. You know, we've seen them in the past go up 7-0, like against Michigan a couple weeks right, ago, right. and they get absolutely steamrolled. So they were able to stay in it. Brandon Soresby played really well, but I think one thing with them, they had the football deep in Penn State territory, trailing 24-21. And then there were three straight run plays, which I'm not sure mm. is, you know, Tom mm-hmm. Allen kind of maybe playing not to lose versus trying to win where they could have been more aggressive and taken the lead. Right. And things could have been different there. But, uh, you know, Indiana falls to 2-6. and six. Yeah, you're right. Purdue, disappointing for sure. That's one that you thought that they might have been able to win. Right. Uh, one they right. needed to win for their bowl hopes, and they were never really in it. They had a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but it was too little too late. And, yeah, Notre Dame, uh, they look extremely good. And I think this might be per- perhaps maybe the beginning of a push towards maybe trying to get back up into the college football playoff conversation. Yeah, a lot of football to be played, but you, you like the uh, – yeah, I mean, this as a cliche, you like the trajectory they're on for, for heaven's sakes because they um, – you know what? Again, I go back to uh, the, the Southern – think about it. Southern Cal win, you get a bye. Uh, it really falls into place for you, and you come out and, and dominate. A pit team that's uh, had its issues um, – but still, you, you were impressive in front of the home crowd. And so we're going to talk with Lynn Clark about that coming up soon. Later on tonight, we'll talk some high school football. Who Do you, do you have another game this weekend? I do, but I don't know who it is yet. I'm anxiously awaiting from our boss, Steve Hartley, to see who it will be. You know, I would have to say if I had to choose one of two, and Steve, if you're listening, maybe uh, you can help me out with this. Uh, but two that really caught my eye were... West Lafayette Harrison at Decatur Central. I think that's going to be a phenomenal football game next week. I agree. And then also, you know, my ties with Monrovia as the PA announcer there. Yeah. And they have a great ride for a game with Tri-West at uh, uh, Monrovia next week. So if I could choose to do one of two, it would be either one of those. But, yeah, there are going to be a lot of great games across the state uh, coming up next week in the sectional finals. I had the opportunity to do that Lawrence Cross district battle, and that was a lot of fun last night, uh, too. And Lawrence North looked really good, especially offensively. They've been playing better lately. They really have. And uh, clearly, uh, a great time for later on tonight. Speaking of high school football, Paul Condry will join me as he does on Saturday nights, and we will look back at uh, last night's action Uh, Some really, really good games, obviously. And then he'll let us know what the big games are coming up in the uh, sectional championships coming up on Friday night. Hard to believe that that's where we are. Lots of football coming up tonight. We'll also talk about the Colts and their matchup with the Saints tomorrow. Short break. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Last night, you got a chance to hear Greg Rakestraw from the ISC Sports Network on the call of the Ben Davis-Brownsburg matchup, which went to the Giants in a great shootout at the end. Tonight, you're doing some serious work uh, on the soccer fields. Greg Rakestraw joins us. Hello, Greg. Hello, Coach. So, uh, one football to another. Talk about versatility. You clearly... (laughs) clearly are that guy are you not uh i tend to be a, a master of many trades or a jack of all trades and a master of none how about that 
I've heard that before. I do not believe that's true in your particular case. So tell me what happened out on the – are you ready for this? Show you how dazzling I am. What happened on the pitch today? You are so uh, well-versed and a man about town. I appreciate you using the proper lexicon and or terminology. You're very welcome. Uh, so I, I had the 2A and 3A boys championships, which were played this afternoon. 2A belonged to Mishawaka Mary and their third state championship as they blanked Evansville Memorial 4-0. And in that game, mm. Eli Moody scored all four goals. And that is a boys wow. state final record. Frankly, no one in the boys or girls finals in the 30-year history uh, of this being an IHSAA sports. Let me put a little verbal asterisk on there. There was a good couple of decades where there was a state championship played before it was an official IHSAA sport. So I don't have the ability to go back and look in the 70s and 80s and say if somebody might have scored four or five in one of those games. But since 1994, that was the most goals scored by an individual in a state championship contest. Marion was the runners-up last year to Buff Jesuit, returned most of those players. Uh, Marion was a sight to behold. A memorial is always good. They have reached at least mm-hmm. the state semifinals mm-hmm. in boys soccer under Bill Veith in 12 of the last 30 years. Uh, and they'll be Yikes. back. Really, really had a young team this year. In fact, they were 3-7 and seven at one point this year and made it all the way to the state championship game. So Memorial will be, will be just fine long-term. Then in the next game, it was Noblesville pulling off a three-peat, which nobody has done in boys soccer since the first three IHSAA championships in the mid-90s when Jerry Little in North Central did that. Right. They beat Cathedral right. 2-0. Uh, just a, a, a very high level of soccer. And Noblesville finishes the season unbeaten. They were drawn on five occasions during the course of the regular season. They won on penalties in each of the last three rounds of the tournament. Didn't have to get there this time. A pair of first-half goals, and Noblesville makes it a three-peat and repeats. And and frankly, in a game that I didn't do, their girls won the light game as well. So literally each of the last two years, Noblesville has won both the boys' and girls' 3A soccer state championships. So you were you were uh, able to see some historic events happening in state uh, soccer championships. Those, all those stories that you talked about are, are amazing, to be honest. I mean, it's just you know, team wise, individual wise, you saw some amazing accomplishments this weekend. We did, and again, the Noblesville boys are, are a great story. Now we we talk about this thing. You'll hear me use this phrase. You can you'll picture uh, a pairing show when I say this: the Hamilton County sectional. Um, you know, all of those schools <laughs> okay. are kind of together right. when it comes to like right. basketball and baseball and softball. In, in 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 soccer, they tend to split them up a little bit. Uh, and so Carmel actually is in the southern half of the bracket, as is Westfield. So in other words, like last year, Noblesville and Carmel played in the girls' soccer state championship. Mm-hmm. Many folks thought they would play in the boys this year. They didn't. Cathedral beat Carmel in the regional final. Um, but the fact that Noblesville comes out of the HCC – which in many sports now is the best conference in the States. That's the way this case in soccer as well. And they come out of a sectional that has Fishers and HSE. The fact mm. they've been able to do that now three years in a row, that's mm-hmm. really impressive for Ken Delasky's program. And a couple of years ago, they were led by Palmer Alt. People may know his dad, Kevin, as a former Indiana Mr. Basketball. Right. Palmer, frankly, is going to be a pro at some point in time. He's finishing up a very successful second year at Butler. This team didn't have that star power, but, Bob, they just played so well as a team. All right, Greg, hang on. I know you know the drill. 
Hang on through this scoreboard update, and we'll come back with Greg Rigstrom on Indiana Sports Talk. We've got a good game going on at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. 115-108 to in favor of the Indiana Pacers with 2.50 to go in that game. It was a two-point game, and now three straight three-pointers by Tyrese Halliburton, and the lead is back up to 10, 118-108 to in favor of the Indiana Pacers looking to get to 2-0 and and get their first win on the road here this year. College football across the state of Indiana will go to the FCS level and in-state battle here. The Butler Bulldogs defeated Valpo 17-7. Butler goes to 6-3 on the year. Valpo falls to 1-7. A nearly a major upset. The Indiana State Sycamores gave North Dakota, who's 15th in the country, everything they could handle. North Dakota squeaks by 36-33 in overtime. Almost a great way for Indiana State to get their first win of the season. They fall to 0-8. Greg Rakeshaw's University of Indianapolis Greyhounds continued to roll. They were all over Upper Iowa today, 35-7. They go to 8-0 on the year. They came into the game number 10 in the country in Division II. Division 3 today, Anderson falls to 0-8 as Bluffton defeated them 45-7. DePaul, number 23 in the country, they roll over Kenyon 58-7 to go to 9-0. Franklin, they lose and get blanked by Mount St. Joseph's 55-0. Rose Holman defeats Hanover 44-39, Hanover to 5-3. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everyone. Glad you could join us on a Saturday night here on Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Greg Rickstraw joined us prior to the scoreboard update uh, talking about soccer, IHSA soccer championships. Greg, uh, anything else you want to add on soccer championships uh, this weekend? Congratulations, the IHSA on a wonderful event. They ran this simultaneously with the cross-country state finals over at Laverne Gibson today. And next week, four more state champions will be crowned up at Warden Arena in Muncie with the volleyball state championships, and I'll be uh, calling you on the way back from Funcie next Saturday night after calling the 3 and 4A volleyball state championship matches. In addition to this great work that Greg does for the IHSAA Champions Network and the IFC Sports Network, he is a valued member of the Colts broadcast team, hosts their post-game call-in show, the television voice of their preseason. There's a game tomorrow in Indianapolis. Saints coming in to take on the Colts. Uh, Colts. 20 points in their entire season. Every game they've played this year, they've scored 20-plus, which is quite an accomplishment. The only team to do that. Uh, this is a nice little matchup, and I think an, another very winnable ball game for the Colts. You know, I, I think this game, Bob, is indicative of the rest of the season. You know, there, there's nobody that kind of overwhelms you uh, in terms of the remaining right. 10 games for the Indianapolis Colts. On the flip side, it doesn't mean they're going to win them all. And they're, they're, there's, there's still not a team out there where you go, man, as long as the bus gets there on time, the Colts are going to win. Um, and so every <laughs> Sunday is a toss-up. So the Saints have had their problems. Derek Carr has, has not played well. They've got some injuries right. and issues in terms of wide receiver with, with both Michael Jenkins as well as Chris Olave. Um, you know, the, the Colts, there's a lot of stats that, that, that are great for the Colts. You just rattled off one of them. They scored at least 20 points in every game. I can rattle off stats last week as teams weren't scoring against the Browns. 
Colts had 38 points and had 456 yards of offense. You know what? They still lost. So the biggest stat of all for the Colts is right. hanging on to the football. And for the good things that Gardner Minshew has done the last two weeks, they have turned it over way too many times. And uh, I've told this story before. In the days of almost like back when we had phone books, Bob, they used to print out this packet of stats that I would get every <laughs> week uh, when I went to go cover the right. And first right. page was giveaway takeaway, and it read like the standings. So if the Colts can take care of the football, I think they're a team that can win a lot of these last 10 games. If they start doing that tomorrow against the Saints, I like their chances against New Orleans. Yeah, and the takeaways, uh, there's no particular rhyme or reason, so to speak. You know, Minshew sometimes, you know, is um, uh, not protected as he needs to be by the offensive line, kind of gets himself out of the pocket and has some issues. Uh, Other things uh, cause some of these turnovers. And so uh, it's hard to pinpoint one particular thing, but you're right. I think everyone understands. Pick the sport. You can't turn the ball over. Correct. Uh, and, and again, Gardner Minshew for his career, his touchdown to interception ratio is three to one. Last week, it was more fumbles than interceptions. There was the one that was thrown late. Uh, the other bit of good news for Colts fans would be that Miles Garrett isn't playing the Colts this week. Now, Cam Jordan's yeah. a good football player. Uh, he's not Miles Garrett. Um, and the other thing is too is that Blake Freeland, who's going to start for Braden Smith at right tackle, as Smith will miss a third consecutive game. Freeland, the rookie out of BYU, has another game of NFL experience under his belt. He's a talented player, really a good athlete at the right or left tackle position. He's just kind of learning on the job. And and to have him have to go against Miles Garrett last week, you know, I, I don't envy five- and six-year vets, let alone guys that have been in the NFL for five or six weeks having to do that. So that, I think, bodes, you know, better for him uh, in, in terms of the game this week as well. So... All in all, um, the Saints are capable of being. I don't think they're as good of a team as the Cleveland Browns and the Colts came right. so close to beating the Browns last week. So if the Colts can just eliminate those mistakes, I like their chances tomorrow afternoon. You know, I think the other part, too, is take care of the ball, but to generate um, some more takeaways yourself. Um, they're playing well defensively. But uh, if they can ramp that up just a little bit, Jonathan Taylor getting more reps, becoming the uh, – not becoming, but showing people uh, he is who he is and why, which is an important part of what they're doing. So, I mean, there are plenty of things to be excited about for this Colts team right now. I thought there was a major difference in Jonathan Taylor in week three versus weeks one and weeks two. Uh, and the number of touches between he and Zach Moss were nearly identical. Now – the workload that Zach Moss has been carrying perhaps has caught up with him. Uh, he was very limited in practice this week, uh, and, and I'm not sure he's able to go tomorrow. We'll see if he can, mm. but I would not be surprised if what was a 50-50 split last week is a lot more 75-25. And I think right. for those right. of you that have wanted to see more of Jonathan Taylor, and again, I'll give you the numbers, he had 21 touches last week between catching the ball and running the ball. I think that's about where you want to have him. He may be asked to do more because I'm not sure you're going to see 100% Zach Moss in tomorrow's game. Is it possible, Greg Rickstraw, that you and I are back together doing a basketball game a week from Monday? <laughs> in nine days. Nine oh days my. we've got IUPUI oh basketball. And even though IUPUI <laughs> basketball is now, I think, entering season 
50 or somewhere close. It seems like we've been calling these games together for 100 years, and I'm excited for our yeah. second century of working together on IUPUI hoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, people know my involvement with the program goes back a little ways, too. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Coach Crenshaw and those guys. Uh, a lot of new faces. I'm excited. You know, the big excitement is, number one, be able to work with you. It's always fun. And, and secondly, uh, get a chance and uh, give back to a program that means an awful lot to the family. So, you know, having I got I got it made, quite frankly. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun year. And again, we're going to see all of the backcourt names largely back from last year. We'll right. also see Bryce Monroe, who was scheduled to be the point guard last year, got hurt early in the season. Jalen Counter is going to is second team All Conference in the Horizon League. I think he can really flourish, kind of moving off the ball and attacking. The new names are the, are the bigs. You know, Chris Austin was a great one-year find. Jonah Carrasco right. was a great three-year role player. If the new bigs can come in and, 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 and fit in well, I do think this is an IUPUI team. But I'm not sure they're competing for a league championship. I think they're a lot further from the floor, which is where they've been the last three or four years. I do think this is a year where Matt Crenshaw's team can take a step forward. The best at what he does. Think about that. Greg Rakestrom. Greg, thanks. Have fun tomorrow. Thanks, Coach.